Morning Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. This is a very special live Sunday edition. Very special. Ooh. <laughs> And uh, it's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You hear that roaring cl- crowd. There are plenty of people us. here, uh, you know, checking out the, 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 well, this is the pre-Pork Fest Pork show. Fest Day Zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pork Fest officially starts tomorrow. And Pork Fest, of course, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, right, put on by the Free State Project. But, uh, yeah, it's starting tomorrow. I think registration opens at 3 p.m., but we better ask our guest about that. He probably knows more about it than us. This is Jason Osborne, uh, the, the, well, the, one of the principals of SACL CAI and the guy who set up Pork Fest this year. Oh, excuse me, Osborne. I'm so sorry. I didn't have your mic turned on. Start over. Here we go. So here I am. Yes, one of the principals of Sagel CAI. The other principal of Sagel CAI, my dad, Michael Osborne. He is also here on premises all for all week. Saw him running around. Great time. So, um, what's it been like? This uh, to have an event like this Mm. come off without any hitches has got to be months and months of work. Maybe. Well, we won't know if there are any hitches or not until after the week. So maybe we'll talk again next Sunday. Here's a little surprise. There will be hitches. Oh, of course. Um, But, you know... I, I, I've been to several pork fests. I hear there have been hitches in the past, and none of them have really Affected. translated to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ground fun for pork exactly. fests. Yeah. So here's uh, what I have going for me: is that no matter how badly you screw it up, pork fest is still awesome. It's yeah. the most awesome week of the year. Right. And everyone has an excellent time, uh, no matter how badly it is organized. What are you so. looking forward to? Oh, Besides drinking. Jeez. You know what? Um, I, I was just talking to some people the other night. I finally, finally got excited about Porkfest about three nights ago. <laughs> and the reason why... Because uh, you've I, been doing all the work. Right. Uh, well, or uh, yeah, another right. way to put it is my, my wife has been doing all the work. Right. <laughs> I, I got this new vi- blender for the VIP tent, mm-hmm. and I started imagining standing there making margaritas and daiquiris in the VIP tent, and it all started coming back to me. But what Porkfest is all about. And Which is alcohol? <laughs> Apparently alcohol. <laughs> it's about keeping it real with your buds. I saw um, your children, uh, Eowyn and Lysander, out at the uh, by the pool having a really wonderful time. And I don't think for them it's about the same thing. Porkfest is no. kind of about fun for whatever age. Yeah, for the little kids, uh, Porkfest is about the pool, yeah. almost, almost exclusively. There's a water park, too. Has it ever been open during Pork Fest? Uh, yes, I know okay. that much. I don't know anything right. else. I want to go in the water park. Yeah, that sounds fun. Is there an age limit? <laughs> I don't think there it's is. Almost no. thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, there's certainly going to be uh, adult parties going on. Um, but there's going to be some music. Yeah, there'll uh, be bands on uh, Thursday night. Uh, Rebel Inc. is coming back, and a number of other bands. Uh, Tuesday night, we have a really special musical guest called Mr. Hunter. That uh, He has an unreleased album, and he's going to be here performing it live for the first time, and will be uh, releasing his album for sale. Wow. And uh, so it's going to be really, really cool, I feel. Mm. And uh, there's supposed to be some comedians? Uh, I don't know that there is, uh, but there will be a special thing that I don't even know if I can talk about yet. Oh, really? Uh, but it was supposed to have been a Wheels Off Liberty live performance. Uh, Wheels Off Liberty shut down, canceled itself. So now there's something in its place, and it's going to be a surprise, and I can't even really tell you about it. I see. Well, maybe it'll still be Wheels Off something. It'll be something. <laughs> 
<laughs> so wow, well, there be, you have it. Is, are there going to be shooting? Is there shooting instruction this year? Yes. Uh, I have nothing to do with that, so I don't know. But I know Mr. Boston Tea Party is going to be here doing some shooting Pretty big uh, consultation. Uh, the, the Appleseed Project is around. Yep, so, Appleseed uh, um, was here last year doing the, doing the same stuff. Yep. I, I haven't been a big gun guy for many years, but uh, there there are plenty of guns at Porkfest. Yeah, I, 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 I tell you that. It's the safest place in America. <laughs> um so, when you know you've got family fun, you've got adult fun. Some of the parties last well into the evening. There's always the bonfire to hang out at. There's going to be music. I hear there's going to be some gambling going on, perhaps. I wouldn't know anything about that. Nothing Mark. about that. But there's um, a, a tent where people are going to play cards. I've certainly had people ask me about it, and I've instructed them uh, not to tell me about it. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. So uh, this year, I hear there aren't going to be any alcohol sales. But nope. um, what are, are people bringing their alcohol with them? I mean, well, here, here's what uh, we're doing. If you remember from Pork Fest of old, yes, um, the alcohol is typically brought. By Osborne, mm-hmm. right? It happens, yeah. So um, up until last year, alcohol sales have not been an issue. It's true. Right? It, people just do what they want to do, and no one says anything about it. Last year, it got uh, out of hand. And so we had to, you know... Rain it in a little. Have a lot of, uh, um, you know, clamping clamping down and, and uh, a lot of the CYA going on. I got gotcha. you. If you know what I mean. So you can't, I mean, you're not responsible for what everybody does at Porkfest. Like, I get it that you're the organizer, though, but it must be hard to, you know, try to control more than a thousand people. No, all you do, all you, all you do is uh, set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. You know? That's all hey, you can guys, do. be nice. We, we said how you know? many, she said a thousand people. Is that what you're expecting? Have you, have you, you've had hit ticket sales up to this point, but most people just show up. I, I, I'm banking on a thousand, um, as long as we get it. it I don't know how to put this quite right. I, I'm counting on it being a little uh, smaller than last year, uh, just because of the way we've organized it, try to tame it down a little bit, draw in a more family-friendly element. Uh, if you know, if you the know, family-friendly I mean. element doesn't change anything, though. I mean, you know, the kids, my kid, had a wonderful time, ran around, did his thing, and and they exist in an entirely different world than sort of uh, the pork fest at large. Yeah, a little secret, Mark. Uh, it's not the the kids that uh, have the the problem. It's the it's the parents. Right? <laughs> kids will hang out with anybody. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So, um, you know, we're expecting twelve hundred people to show up. Um, have they have they sold out here as far as camps? sites i've heard that they were really close uh, i've heard that i think there may be still some rv sites available um so if, if you want to come up please do and uh, i bet i bet they'll find a spot for yeah you it's gonna be a count. great week we're gonna run our show generally as uh, as usual here um this evening but uh you know as pork fest ramps up we'll be doing a lot more interviews a lot of all the interesting people around right now this is day zero so there's really only just a few people here kind of it's a more, more intimate pork fest setting i would say <laughs> that's right it's a cozier <laughs> version and i have to say if you're just hearing about this for the first time you don't have to be here today to enjoy the whole pork fest experience you can just come for a few days or the weekend or whatever you want, and I think it's definitely still worth being here for as long as you can. Just for Friday and Saturday is awesome. Yep, exactly. So, what are you? Um, as far as the setup goes, you've got the you've got the family stuff going on. I mean, last year you had a dunk tank and a bounce house and stuff like that. Are you expecting that this year? 
Uh, probably not a dunk tank. Uh, you'll probably see a bounce house around here somewhere. Uh, every day, all day long, there's a, a kid area over uh, in one of the halls uh, where kids will have uh, the crafts to do, yep. different crafts every day, and all, ki- all kinds of cool stuff. We'll have a, a kid's movie in the theater for in the evening, and then... Uh, uh, Less kid movies in the later evening, and you know if the weather gets bad or people just want to mellow out. And um, Thursday night, Silver Circle will be having a pre-release screening of their film. Uh, Friday night at midnight is the first screening ever of Chartarum, which uh, maybe full some of film? our yeah full oh, film fine. yeah it's ready you, to go. You, you actually uh, were behind we're that too. Yeah, yes, I uh, was a producer. Mr. John Shaw is a director. He's he's here as well. John Shaw is is here now. Yep, absolutely. Oh, awesome. In fact, we're having a a pre pre screening uh, for the people who are in the movie uh, later tonight. If you see him, send him over. So. I'd like to talk to him about Chartarum. Okay. The, uh, the, 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 the the premiere screening thereof. Um, Rogers Campground here in uh, beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Is this their favorite week of the year? I, I gotta believe it is. I'm sure it's it, it's their absolute biggest week. I don't. They they ver, they seem very friendly toward us. Yes, they so do. <laughs> I, I can imagine a lot of different campgrounds. This might be like their most dreaded week of the year. Um, <laughs> Mr. Crosby, uh, who owns this place, and uh, the manager Samantha have been uh, very cool all year long to deal with. Uh, I, I yep, think, they actually yeah, helped us set up great. this show today, right. which Excellent. is really nice. If you can imagine what it's like for your sort of sleepy campground, you know, I, I arrived here, and you know, there's a few people moseying about, but it's going to be turned into just. I mean, organized chaos for a week. There are going to be 1,000, 1,200. I'm guessing 1,200. That's my guess for this. Okay. I'm guessing 1,000. We'll see who's right. All right. All right. It's Free Talk Live. We'll be back with more. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. But we are here at a very special live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. We are at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, at the start thereof. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And it, you might be able to tell a little difference in the audio quality. We are on uh, what they call a hotline, which, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's a not, fancy way to say dial-up uh, phone connection. <laughs> it's, it's certainly better than somebody talking on a telephone, but, uh, you know, not quite as good as the this, this ISDN on the studio. Yeah, so you may hear a little clipping sometimes and maybe a little less audio quality, but uh, that's the price we pay for being at Porkfest and... I'm certainly glad to be here because, you know, we can do things from here that we wouldn't be able to do anywhere else, like interview all kinds of guests. There are going to be lots of people worth uh, worth interviewing throughout the week. And we can have lots of fun, too, in the meantime. Indeed. Um, real quickly, 
You can join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business or create a will or a living trust or even register a trademark. They're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents people trust. It's LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order. LegalZoom.com. Coupon code FTL. So, uh, like I said, we're still taking telephone calls here at 855-450-FREE on Free Talk Live. So let's go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, good evening, Stephanie and Mark. Uh, yeah, I was uh, thinking about reading my poem uh, that I wrote about a year ago regarding, you know, the destabilization of regimes in the Middle East. And, you know, the close proximity... How long is the poem, poetry. Frank? It's very How long brief. is your poem? It's only a page. Okay, go right ahead. Okay. Only okay, a page. It's enough is enough by Frank. American, British, and Israeli neoconservative hate and rage, rebellious and outrageous, in the clash of civilizations that came to pass for a new international standard of mendacious conduct among the nations, embracing a level of opulent extravagance and evil not seen since the last days of the Roman Empire. It suggests a cruelty within a global system of socioeconomic hegemony and cultural disenfranchisement that operates beyond an inclusive monolithic commonality of a trenchant and furious postmodern control apparatus, displacement as oppressive guilt, reflecting the pragmatic reality of so many broken promises. Regime change, enforced democracy, individual sovereignty not, and the ever-escalating societal costs from deindustrialization, job outsourcing, excessive fiat money creation, and an aggrandizing program of urban gentrification predicated upon fraudulent collateralized debt obligations, fostering an ideological conflict among the haves and have-nots. Post-9-11 traumatic stress disorders on a grand scale, such as the torture and murder of innocent Afghan, Iraqi, Libyan, Pakistani, and Palestinian civilians and prisoners. When is enough enough? And that's really what I think about the current uh, morass before the United States commits troops to uh, Syria. And, you know, from what I've been reading in the foreign press uh, yesterday and today, especially the British press and the German press, it looks as if the balloon is ready to go up. And what makes oh, yeah. it all the more interesting from a geopolitical perspective is that China and Russia have stated that if the U.S., NATO or Israel attacks Syria, it will be World War III. This could so be World War III. It really about. could. Yeah, we're absolutely um, on the, the, the parapet of, uh, Frank, thank you for the call, uh, the parapet of, of World War III when it comes to, to Syria. The, the Russians support Assad there, um, and China seems to also. And you're talking about two, the two former communist powers there that would, you know, at the very least, it looks like Putin would like to have some level of control. Unlike you know, like they Russia had you know two decades ago. That's what states do; they make war. You know, yeah. war is the health of the state. To use a cliche phrase from Randolph Bourne, right? And I can't say I'm, I, you know, I'm very upset with what's going on with the civilians on the ground in Syria. But it's it's turned into a full scale uh, civil war. If those people had to be martyred for some kind of civil war there, then I suppose that that's what you know people will call it. I don't know. Um, I, all I know is that when the United States gets involved in these foreign situations, 
then it turns out worse. Yeah, it turns out worse. More people die. Help, yeah. A lot more people died because of the invasion in Iraq than ever died under Saddam Hussein. It's more yeah. than a hundred thousand, according to the State Department's uh, WikiLeaks documents. It is so tempting. It's like if if you could just do something to intervene, like and help other people's lives become better, like that would be so nice. But they can't. I mean, you can't do that by force, right? You can't use force to bring peace. It just doesn't make sense. But it, it, it certainly doesn't seem to work. No. So, and I'm very upset with, uh, you know, very upset with the idea of what might go on as far as the United States getting into Syria. It really could be World War Three. But yeah, scary thought. And that was depressing poetry hour. So now that we've done that, should we talk about some news? Uh, let's US take news. Uh, let's take Mike in Iowa. Uh, okay. Actually, calling you, Mike. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, Mark. Hey, Steph. You know, um, I, I agree with what that last person was talking about in Syria, and there's something funny going on with these so-called rebels. I mean, who are these rebels in Syria? I mean, that's just a side issue, but there, it, I, don't, I think there's stuff going on there that we don't even know about, you know, that there, there's some secret funny games being played over there. But anyway, well, I, I, don't really know what, to... I, I don't know how oh, secret right. they are, but I can tell you that there's no way for the, the average American to have, you know, some kind of concept of what's going on in some foreign country. You can't get it in a few, in, you know, in a two-minute news bite. There's no way to know it. Yeah, I mean, those, uh, these so-called rebels, they're working for somebody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who, who, I don't know. Who, who's giving them weapons and, and telling them to do what they're doing? I mean, there's... A lot of them. Know, a lot of them took their weapons when they left the uh, the Syrian army, and you know, in the in those Middle East countries, having an AK-47 is just is is normal as walking the dog. Yeah, I understand. Hey, that's uh, and I hope I'm not being repetitive with this next thing, but uh, just the two things I want to talk about just real quick was uh, that the sweet treats lady that got busted in Texas. Stateless sweets. Oh, Jillian. Yeah. Yeah. Jillian yeah, Batty yeah. and stateless sweets. That, I mean, I think that she could motion to dismiss that because the dog being, being used to uh, find drugs at a checkpoint is illegal. I mean, that's only the, the Supreme Court has said that that's only to determine one uh, citizenship, and that as long as that's the only thing, the checkpoint is legal. So, I mean, anybody really? that gets busted for drugs at a checkpoint, a border checkpoint, an immigration checkpoint, I don't think that that can stand in the court of law. I, you you know, I, I, it, it might cost. I know she's having trouble with her legal fees and stuff as it is. I wonder for how much it costs to bring a suit or challenge that in some way. Couldn't say. I mean, yeah. that shouldn't be how it is. That that it, like the people who can't afford it are the ones who get screwed by these like if it's illegal or whatever. If you want to send some case law to me at marketfreetalklive.com, I will make sure that Jillian gets it. How's that? All right, I'll look it up and I'll I'll print it off. I was I, I checked out your guys' website last night for the first time. That's pretty neat. Um, it's a pretty good website. Played, penny, paid plenty for it. <laughs> well, are you exactly. talking about the which features did you like? Was it that you can control the content of the site by putting up news stories there and people vote them up and down based on how much they like them? That's the thing I like the most. I read all the news stories and then I also tried to watch on the the cam because I want to see what you guys look like. Put a face you can't see us voice, tonight, but, like but you can usually see us when we're in the studio. It's stiff competition between yeah. who's more beautiful, Stephanie and me. Mike, will you hold the line and <laughs> we have something else to talk about? <laughs> it's 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. 
When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. The special Porkfest Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855 450 3733. We'll be taking interviews here from interesting folks that are wandering around Porkfest, but you know, tonight's going to be mostly your calls. And we are live here at uh, Rogers Campground and uh, beautiful. Lancaster. It is beautiful. It is this view that we have doing the show. It's like the, the rolling mountains and the, stuff. <laughs> the foothills of the Himalayas here. It's amazing to look at the sun shining on the, the green mountains. They, they have yetis. I don't know what we have, but something good. These Actually, these mountains that are green are called white mountains. Mm. Does that make much sense? Well, they're white in the winter, right? Indeed, they are. I guess. But, of course, the green mountains that are in, New, um, in Vermont. Vermont are white during the winter, too. So, mm. you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to get across. doesn't make sense. Anyway, 855 <laughs> Let's get back to Mike in Iowa. Mike, you wanted to talk about uh, cage-free chickens. Is that right? That's right. I just uh, I drive a 6,500-gallon a uh, tanker all across the United States, and it's a food-grade tanker. So I pick up at dairies. And so it's milk? Farms. Uh, not, not very much milk, mostly cream and egg products, whether they be uh, whole eggs or egg whites. Okay, got it. But I pick up uh, mostly... Now, but before you go on, Mike, uh, uh, i got some questions on uh, these, these transports. Now, I, we talked to a lot of truckers here on Free Talk Live, but we don't find too many of them that uh, drive these uh, the, the dairy trucks. Now, is it true that those are basically one big tank and that when you apply the brakes, basically the milk washes forward and shoves you, uh, <laughs> like, propels you forward? Is that right? It's absolutely true. I mean, it's, uh, that's, it's called a smooth bore tanker. They can't have yeah. baffles or bulkheads in these tankers because they would be too hard to clean and sanitize. Right. By the way, our, our audience cannot hear the, the audio of the caller, so they're probably like, what is this person <laughs> talking about? <laughs> we have a large audience here, but the, uh, the, the audience on the radio could hear just fine. Yes, exactly. That's so right. uh, these tankers, they, and they, don't, they don't have sections in them. If they had sections in them like they do with gasoline tankers, you know, those are much safer to drive for the trucker. But, 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 but wait, if, if they're still... Okay, so the fluid is, is moving at the same speed of the truck, right? And That's if right. the truck stops, the fluid keeps moving. So why would it matter if it had segments? Because all that force of the liquid that has forward momentum would keep going, right? I'm going to let Mike answer that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's it, that's called the slosh. And what you want to do when you get loaded, they always ask how much weight you want. I tell them to dome it out or to put fifty thousand pounds in. The more the more liquid oh, that's in the 50, tank, the better you are because there's less slosh. And uh, the slosh, especially going down hills, um, it's just you have to drive it a whole whole different way, and you got to be really yeah. careful around your turns and stuff. I swear, I probably had the uh, trailer tires off the ground about three feet on a couple different occasions going around curves and whatnot but it's it's and it's wow. i don't think I don't think the average it. I don't think the average mom in a Subaru really knows what it's like uh, when they're you know because they just think of truck drivers as truck drivers and how they drive is how they drive and you know you zip in and zip out around them and that kind of thing but these these milk transports are an entirely different beast and you cannot play around with them they will run you slap over because they can't stop 
No, they they will push you forward. When you apply the brakes, that it'll come forward, and it sounds like somebody takes a a massive sledgehammer and slams the inside of that tank, and it will move you yeah. forward. It, yeah, absolutely. Be going over rough road. I mean, it's 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 something that you got to get used to. I like it now. I wouldn't dri- go back to driving the dry vans anymore. I, this is too good. You don't have That's to unload it pays anything. Too good. You don't have to wait. Yeah. Well, it takes <laughs> yeah. a specialized skill to drive one of these it's milk, milk trucks. Skill. <laughs> it's like a giant bowling ball on wheels just keeps rolling forward. You wanted to talk about cage-free chickens, and I asked you about milk trucks. So go ahead. Yeah, I guess what I wanted to say is I, I recently discovered within the last couple months a store that's in my hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, and it's a health food store that sells produce and uh, meat and eggs and dairy and stuff that is certified organic and cage-free. And mm-hmm. I see enough at these chicken farms that these animals, and it, some people say, oh, they're just chickens, but if, if anybody were to see how these chickens were treated and how these inside of these huge commercial chicken farms were and the smell that comes out of them, I mean, you can't even go in there without an oxygen pack because oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they can't even walk around without stepping on the other chickens. They don't see sunlight too often. I mean, there are lots of people who uh, who have changed their buying habits because they want to get happy animals. Not only do they lay more nutritious eggs and taste better, but they're maybe more ethical. You know. What, what are the scariest things you've seen in these uh, these commercialized chicken production operations, Mike? I think that one of the things I saw that affected me the most, and I, I don't like hunting. I killed a bird once with a BB gun when I was a kid, and I never killed anything since then. I, I yeah. still am sad about that to this day. But I've seen chickens being unloaded off of a chicken hauler truck, and when a chicken will get out of the cage, it just sits there on the ground because it doesn't know how to walk or fly or move. Yeah. And, and well, by the time they're, they're dead, their claws have grown around the mesh the cage and they have to wow. be literally yanked out and once they're not productive to produce eggs anymore they're off to slaughter but they've lived their whole life in this environment where they're breathing in all this ammonia and whatnot now the thing that i've noticed when i purchase the chicken that is certified organic and cage free the eggs are different the shell cracks different the yolk looks oh, yeah, different definitely different and i can tell you one thing right now the chicken itself it, it's a different color when it's cooking. I mean, when it's cooked, you cut into yep. it, and yep. it's pure white. It's different, and, it, and the cost is negligible. I bought produce and milk and eggs in this certified organic store that didn't cost any more than if I shopped at Walmart or Fry's or one of the other grocery stores. Uh, the milk that we get, the raw milk that we get in my house, uh, is exactly the same as what they pay at the store. Now, we're going directly to the farmer. I mean, literally, before we came here, we went there because my son had to have enough milk for the week. And, uh, you know, we, we pay the $4 a gallon. That's what pretty much every, what everybody else pays. And But, you know, there's nobody touching it in between. So the farmer's getting that. I can't imagine what a farmer gets per gallon of milk, but I imagine it's probably a buck. And, you know, he's getting the full, <laughs> right. the full four when we buy it. Now, I'll grant you, we only, you know, maybe three gallons a week or something. But he can get enough families. And that's a, it's, it's a nice little bit of bonus for the farmer, um, you know, to be, even if it's a farmer that sells to some major uh, milk you know, producer, then they can also get this little augment, and it's uh, nice to support the local farmers. Yeah, and I implore anybody listening, I mean, if you have the opportunity to, to shop at a different store other than one of these big commercial stores and get that kind of food, just do it. It's so it's so worth it. And, I mean, they are just dumb chickens, but I'm telling you, they deserve they deserve a little bit of dignity, I guess is the word. I don't know what other word I could use for that, you know? Yeah, I, I think if show, a lot of people knew... There. Thank you. Mike, I, thanks for the call. Thank you, Mike. I think if a lot of people knew 
what was going on behind the scenes with the chickens or the eggs that they eat, they would maybe reconsider. Oh, this is true for all the animals. All they, meat, yeah. They eat. Um, and I think that people, you know, they, they people just think that milk comes in styrofoam packaging with the saran wrap around it. And No, it comes in a truck that could I, I meant, flush I, I forward and meat. kill you. I meant meat. <laughs> meat yeah. Milk doesn't come that way. It's a, it's a really poor way to package milk. Um, but they... <laughs> you, know, you the the idea that you know these animals they haven't been able to get out and move around and things like that because people imagine chicken and they imagine you know animals out scratching the dirt and stuff like that and yeah. most of their most of their chickens aren't doing that. No, actually, did you know that chickens eat bugs naturally? Yes. Well, you probably did because you have chickens, but they 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 actually eat bugs. They don't eat. Like corn, that's what they're fed in the farms usually. Uh, you know, I think that there's no problem with uh, chickens getting a certain amount of uh, grains. They're they're going to scratch around for all kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, bugs make for tastier eggs. There's no no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, the chickens on you know when they when they do their um, you know that's the processing of these chickens many of these chickens are bred so that there's they're so large in the breast they can't even move around and yeah top heavy they, they really that's, are that's sad they're, they're heavy-breasted chickens and they you know they're they're young they haven't had any life they've just laid lived in the cage the whole time and he was yeah. talking about uh, you know the ones that are making the eggs those you generally don't get as you know those aren't coming to you whole in a store um, you're gonna those are gonna be processed into you know animal food and like uh, chicken noodle soup and things like that because mm-hmm. they're gonna be much tougher they're an old it's an older animal right it ain't no spring chicken right but there's a lot <laughs> of government say. subsidies go into these so when you're talking about ninety nine cent a pound yeah, chicken well, it's not ninety nine cent a pound chicken yeah you're talking about I mean, there's all kinds of government subsidies that go into it. So and all thinking, the feed is subsidized, too. The corn, absolutely. the yeah, the there's, chickens themselves, the everything. completely immoral. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. You can give us a call and talk about, uh, well, I don't know, organic food if you want. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. We were talking about the, the sort of the moral price of uh, you know foods you get in the store. And I certainly want to go on with that. But I want to tell you about a device that I have in my uh, vehicles. It's called the Freedom Cam. Uh, it's actually it's called the GPS Black Box Dash Cam, but you can get it at freedomcam.net. It is a device that uh, allows you that it, that videotapes both the inside of the vehicle and through the back window and the front of the vehicle. So it has two cameras coming on both sides, and it has a microphone and a GPS device, and it will tell the speed at which you're traveling, the direction, and all those things. And if you're in an incident, whether I don't know whether you're 
you know, maybe you're dealing with a police officer and his account of the story uh, contradicts with what you remember. That never happens. Well, sometimes it does. <laughs> Actually, it happens all the time. You'll have the video to prove or disprove your side of the story. Sure. Because, um, I mean, people misremember things. There's no doubt about it. And it's it's really... Uh, video you, doesn't lie, really. It, 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 yeah, it, it certainly gives a much clearer picture than uh, memory does, either yours or the law enforcement officers. And when it comes to accidents... You know, the other party, mm, they may, you know, the, the, their story, they may have been stumbling around drunk at the scene, but then, you know, their story changes completely when they're sitting there in a suit in the courtroom. Right. It's nice to have these things, and it's a, it's cheap insurance. You can pull it out, put it in the next vehicle, you spend, I, I don't know, I think it's 250 bucks or something on it uh, one time, and you've got it. It's a great device. And you can go to freedomcam.net. I'm uh, really pleased to have it. It's freedomcam.net. So, Stephanie, we were talking about, um, you know, I, we were talking about free-range chickens, cage-free chickens. Yeah, that was an interesting call, by the way. And I interesting things to say. It's, a, it's, it's, this is something that people don't really know, is that their meat doesn't get to act like a cow or a chicken and that kind of thing before it, uh, you know, meets the butcher's knife. I think, I mean, from what I understand, you know, the grass-fed um, beef and pastured uh, poultry are better. You know, because they they're That's allowed. What everybody to, says right, and I mean, it's it's hard. You have to apply a lot of scrutiny in order, or you have to have a lot of trust, I guess, in the farmers who say, "Oh yeah, our animals are are grass fed and free range and stuff like that." But I think, like after a while, you can kind of taste the difference. I mean, actually, I switch to exclusively um, grass fed meat. I buy it online, so I order it frozen. Uh, I switched to that about a year ago, and I can definitely tell the difference in taste because when cows are on these factory farms and they're fed a lot of corn and stuff it, it causes a number of problems with them but one of them is that you know uh, the the fat kind of accumulates in the muscles and it's less flavorful because they don't have the nutrients that come in the grass and so you can kind of tell after a while but it's it's difficult to know exactly how happy that animal was you know during its life and i don't know if it, i guess everybody has to decide if that justifies uh, the increased price yeah, the you know I like the idea that animals get to act like animals before uh, their life is ended in order to feed me. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, some people would say that it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have them killed at all. But as long as I'm going to eat meat, and it's going to, and I'm going to eat meat. Oh, I think it's imperative for human health. I don't, I, I don't think there's any. Uh, there's a lot of evidence for that. And you are a you know medical doctor of some sort, is that right? How, how, Not yet. I'm in I'm in school, but I mean I've done a lot of research on this subject personally, and you know I I think it's. It's it's pretty it's very important to eat meat. And personally, I'm not know, giving medical advice. Just want to disclaim that. But and yeah. a lot of people don't like the subsidies that go into foods. And I can tell you, when it comes to grains and meats, these are the most subsidized fo- foods that are out there. Chicken that's 99 cents a pound isn't 99 cents a pound. It's more like 250 a pound. Mm. And you know the government subsidized it. Um, you know, in order to to bring it down to that. And the the other thing that really bothers me is some of the practices that go into the mass production of grains in this country. The um, spraying. Oh of, yeah. They spray Roundup um, onto these uh, onto this land in order to. Are kill you talking the about the, the genetically modified um, crops that are Roundup right. resistant? Yeah, and then it runs off into streams and other fields who and may it not ends be up using in it. The Mississippi it, River and yeah. creates a dead zone the size of uh, yeah. New Jersey down at the end. And then and, everybody's sort of forced to adopt those practices because if they don't, then they're not keeping up with the ones who do. And and Monsanto is uh, you know is suing people that try to 
not use their their products. So I mean, you're dealing with, you know, the the system well, really are, seems to be rigged against. Are they suing people who don't try to use their products? Are yes. They, are, are they? Because I, from what I understand, um, it's a little bit different than that. Like they, their crops, their genetically modified crops will be used by some farmers. Okay, and then the seed or the pollen or whatever um, from those crops will blow into other fields, completely out of the other fields' control, out of the other farmers' control that aren't using Monsanto crops. But then Monsanto will find their crops at like a a farmer's market or something, and they'll test them for the the genes that they have inserted, the trans genes into their right. GM foods, and then they'll say, oh, it's copyright infringement or no, patent uh, infringement or whatever. And that is one farm. of the tricks that Monsanto yeah. uses in order to go after small farmers. And small farmers don't have the pockets Monsanto does, so all they have to do oh, is no. bring a lawsuit, and then these small farmers are screwed. Well, and that's why all but the that's farms... That's just one of the tricks. There are several tricks. Um, mm-hmm. You can watch the movie Food, Inc. in order to see some of the different ways that they uh, go after yeah. um, the small farmer. Well, the small farm is going by the wayside now you know i mean most of the farms the bigger farms are getting probably bigger. on the way back from 10 years ago though uh yeah maybe because a lot more people are trying to get back to their roots i guess when it comes to food and sort of like know where their food comes from and stuff like that and that's exciting and interesting but all the time they're introducing new regulations the usda and all that kind of stuff i mean actually there was a story i read a couple months ago about the usda coming in and shutting down a family picnic or a, a pot a potluck or something like that they had you know a couple dozen people over for dinner and they they took the food that they that this family had had at their potluck and put it in like biohazard bags because they claimed that they didn't i don't know they they did something that was unhygienic and it was complete like this is you're feeding your family and a couple of friends i mean there's no need to bleach all that food they completely wasted it and so it's going to be harder and harder now um and then there's that I don't know if it ever got anywhere. I'm not really sure what happened to this, but I remember hearing a lot a couple of years about about the, uh, I think it was like the NAIS, the National Animal Identification System, mm-hmm. which would require every single animal to have like a barcode or a pin number or something. Every single animal at a small farming operation, but the large farming operations could just do one animal per lot. Oh. Uh, and so it made so it easier. So that's another regulation yeah. that benefits the big guys yep, at the expense of the small Another advantage ones. for the, uh, the, the big companies. And I don't think that went anywhere. Uh, DownsizedDC.org, um, among other groups, uh, you know, got you know got wind of it, and and I hope that the, that it's all been quashed. But many of these laws, you know, they get they get knocked out one time, and they just bring them back in pieces and other laws or in whole. The Patriot Act that was passed what two days after 9/11 or whatever it was. I mean, you think they had that 1,100 pages written? In two days? No. no that thing had before. been passed once, uh, it attempted to be passed once before, and nobody would accept it. But then, you know, when 9-11 comes along, anybody, well, it sounds like patriots. Let's do it. Never uh, waste a good crisis, right? Isn't that Rahm Emanuel or something I, I, said that? I don't know. One of those. One of them. Uh, <laughs> blood suckers in Washington, right. D.C. But, uh, you know, so for me, I, I, I tend to, when it comes to these organic foods and these heritage uh, type, uh, types, breeds and stuff like that, that hasn't always spoken to me. But what has been important to me is when I buy food, I don't want the food that I purchase, that I'm essentially voting for, advocating for, because I'm purchasing it, to have been food that has uh, had a negative effect on the environment. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what these um, GMO crops are doing, because they're using sure. these uh, you know, really unsustainable methods in order to you know do the crops. I understand why farmers do it. They feel like it's the only way for them to make money. Yeah. And, and it can be hard. I mean... E- when you're a farmer, you have to face a lot of unpredictability, like season to season. You don't know if there's going to be a lot of locusts that year or if there are going to be bad weather conditions like 
we had a summer a couple of years ago in, here in New Hampshire. Not like there's a ton of crops grown here, but some, you know. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it rained every single day in June, and it affected a lot of the crops. Yeah. Like corn was uh, corn and, stunted. Yep. It, so you never know what's going to happen with when you're dealing with nature. And so I can see why people may feel pressure to adopt some of this new technology in terms of farming. But when it turns into something that is wreaking havoc on the environment, then maybe it's time to take a second look, you know. The, the GMO, uh, Monsanto, and those sort of companies would have you believe that uh, you know that their uh, genetically modified organisms are somehow hardier they produce more and that kind of thing and this may or may not be true but i have seen statistics that say that organic farms can be just as productive now it's yeah. difficult for some for amateurs like us to know. I think that people will you know modify statistics. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I I just I just don't know. But I do like to ask the questions when they when they're presented to me. And well, I, also, what are they defining as organic too? Because sometimes people use different different definitions. I'm not familiar enough to know. I guess, but from what I've heard for years, the government has had like a USDA certified organic stamp that they can put on meats or they, they can pay to have put on things. And it, it doesn't really mean what most people think of as organic. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. Free Talk Live. yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't Tread on Meme. That's DontTreadOnMeme.com. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's Bigger Gayer Dance Party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Thea Lincia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. It's the Live Sunday edition, but it's a very special Live Sunday edition. Very special. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. We are here at, uh, what, Porkfest Eve? Porkfest Pork Eve, I love it. Yeah, let's Pork. call it that. That's the Porcupine Freedom Pork Festival Fest. <laughs> here at Lancaster, New Hampshire, at Rogers Campground, and we are here. At, I mean, the, the sun's still up, and it is beautiful to see the you know as as suns the sun's going down, the mountains in the background. It is really a picturesque um, area, mm-hmm. and people are getting ready for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It doesn't start until er, in, in earnest until tomorrow, um, but. You know, it's 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 intimate and it's nice. We decided that you you are setting up the free aid. Tent. Yes, that's FR three three aid. 
is uh, an organization that provides volunteer first aid to the Porcupine Freedom Festival participants and other liberty events as well. And these are generally like-minded uh, you know, medical professionals, yep. is that about right? And how many of them do you have for your organization? Um, the team has over 30 volunteers all around the world so far, but at Porkfest, yeah, we may have, I don't know, maybe on the order of a couple dozen people joining us, and we'll probably pick up more. I mean, actually, last year at Porkfest, we met uh, like an EMT who just volunteered, hey, you guys are the, the first aid tent. Hey, I'll come over and sit with you. And he was like one of our best volunteers all week. And, you know, mostly you're just handing out Band-Aids and hanging uh, people that have gotten a little Band-Aids, too much sun. Band-Aids, sunblock, condoms, anything you might need in right, the woods, <laughs> hand sanitizer. But if something really, I mean, you, you had an incident last year where somebody was uh, confused. Is that right? Um, a, a number of incidents where people were confused because there were maybe some mind-altering substances oh, being imbibed. But, but you know, um, we we of course use our judgment, and if we can't handle it, we will absolutely refer the people to the nearest hospital. And uh, you know, we did that a couple times last year actually because you know we had like skin infections or severe things like that. If it can't be handled with a Band-Aid, you know, and some love, then we're probably going to send you to the hospital. But it's nice to have medical professionals there to uh, sure. to let folks know. And so we, you wouldn't to... believe how many people forget like important items that they might need for pork fest. You know, like people will come for the whole week, not bring sunscreen, and there's a whole lot of. Caucasian people here, you know. Too. You're gonna need that sunscreen, kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't come yet and you have to pack, bring sunscreen, bug spray, band-aids. You never know what you're gonna need. And apparently condoms. Well, you might need those, but some people might not. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> but you pack them just in case. Right. So, well, uh, unless you're a lesbian, I guess. Well, I, I suppose maybe you can at least make balloons with them. The um, you <laughs> packed, you, you wanted to get set up early so that uh, yes, that's know. why we're here. And th- I thank you, Mark, for coming up early. I know you brought your whole family up and your dog, and it's great. Um, and I wanted to get an early start tomorrow because I know we're going to be busy all week. I'm going to be busy all week doing not just free aid, but a lot of other stuff. And Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting all week long here from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you can give. Just call at 855-450-3733. We're going to be doing what we normally do this evening, which is uh, take calls from all over the country and all over the world of people who want to talk about uh, different things. And you had something about people's um, incomes decreasing. Yeah, this was um, a really interesting article that I wanted to share with the audience. Um, it caught my eye, I think, yesterday as I was like just browsing some news. So it's from the Washington Post, and it's the headline is, Americans saw wealth plummet 40% from 2007 to 2010, Federal Reserve says. 20, 40% is a huge reduction yeah, in wealth. it's almost half. I mean, it, yeah, and that was just over 2007 to 2010. Um, and I wonder how many people can relate to I this. wonder if it's come back a little bit up to 2012. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe they just don't have the data, but, uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen the like real growth in the economy, like roaring back, you know, Most the last two haven't. years. Yeah. And I wonder like if the average American saw their wealth plummet 40%, some people saw it plummet more than that, you know, and that's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. uh, so here's the article by Ilan Mui, K Mui, uh, Q. Sorry. Uh, The recent recession wiped out nearly two decades of Americans' wealth, according to government data released Monday. So this is the government admitting that it's gone down 40%. They have every incentive to say that this is not the... Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they they do have sort of an incentive to to say, oh, this is a crisis and we need to... You need to, like, trust us to step in and fix it, right? But uh, I don't know. You would think that people... I think people generally think that 
uh, the government is like responsible for the economy or is somehow pulling the strings or whatever. And so if the average person's wealth has fallen 40%, then maybe they'll be angry and blame the government for that or something like that, you know? So I don't know what the real incentives are here, but I wonder how accurate those numbers really are. Well, what I would say would be the presidential administration that's in currently has every incentive to make the economy look good, yeah. and that the uh, the opposing party um, has every incentive to make the economy look bad. So maybe hopefully, what that means is is that whatever gov- government organization has enough of, on both sides that they have to, you know, make the numbers look as fair as they can in the process. That's the idea, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get much worse than Americans have their income, uh, you know, drop by forty percent. Yeah. Um, now, is this spending power? or Is this the average American, and therefore that's saying a bunch of people are out of work? Uh, well, let me read you a little more detail. That the Federal Reserve said the median net worth of families. So median net worth of families plunged okay. by 39% in just three years from 126000 in 2007 to about 77000 in 2010. And that's their net worth? Of families, yeah. Okay, so what that says to me is that it's housing price. Um, a lot of families have their a lot of their yeah. net worth in um, houses, and from 2007 to 2010, properties were worth a lot less. I know in Sarasota, yep. Sarasota Florida, where I was from, Properties that in 2001 were worth 125 went up. I'm just talking about a house that I, I lived in. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know the numbers. In 2001, it was 125000 In 2006, it was 250000 mm-hmm. And then in 2010, it was 110000 to 125000 again. So, basically, they went from yeah. you know, 1999 to 2006, they gained this and then lost it all in like a year and a half. Yeah, well, they actually say in this article, it says that that decline puts Americans roughly on par with where they were on average in 1992. So it's like going back 20 years. Wow. In terms of Two wealth. Two decades lost of, of wealth. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. I wonder, too, how many of that is like college loans that people can't pay back. Like, does that count towards your net worth if you have a lot of debt? Well, sure, it goes yeah. against it. Yeah. So the data represent one of the most detailed looks at how the economic downturn altered the landscape of family finance. Over a span of three years, Americans watched progress that took almost a generation to accumulate evaporate. The promise of retirement built on the inevitable rise of the stock market proved illusory for most. Homeownership, once heralded as a pathway to wealth, became an albatross. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, can't disagree with that. We all saw that happen to a lot of people. I mean, (laughs) it was funny because, you know, at the time there was this big crash, you know, 2008 or whatever, 2007, uh, you know, I was hearing a lot about how all these universities lost, like, most of their giant endowments. And people lost their pensions. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff like that happening, and it just made it really obvious. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, mean, those endowments are heavily invested in the stock market too, and you know, mutual I, funds and other things. It's hard to, you know, it's it's hard to speak um, for you know other families, but if, you know, I, I look back at situations, and if I'd known then what I know now, you know, and you could have uh, changed things. I mean, I could have been a millionaire uh, if I would have pulled out at exactly the right time in the housing yeah. bubble and sold, and then decided to rent at that point and taken that money and put it in gold is shot up. You put that money into gold, and then you know. Yeah. It, it, it goes from 250 to 15, 16, 1600. I mean, you know, it's it's a you know, it it, it can be very very frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about uh, the the wealthy doing even better, getting bailouts. Um, you know, these these guys getting their bonuses in these uh, oh, corporate yeah. in corporate America. Yeah. And, I, and I think people that do well should get bonuses. I don't have a problem with that. But they haven't done well. 
I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't. We don't know whether they've done well or not because some of them were forced to take the bailouts. Well, I mean, the very reason that, the, like, the idea that they're going to get bailouts because they're too big to fail, like in these banks and stuff. I mean, is what incentivizes them to act recklessly with other people's money. Do you think the banks money. knew that they were going to get bailed out when they were oh, acting yeah. rec- recklessly? I don't sure. think they necessarily knew. They had, what evidence? What what evidence did they have of that in the first place? I mean, how did they know? Uh, well, I don't. I guess I don't know because I haven't worked in that industry. But I mean, the government, I think, was starting to send signals that they would. Didn't they bail out? Uh, the first bailout was. Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, right? Sure, but that's a government program, basically. Yeah, it is, but uh, I think that the the private banks were looking as, to that as an example of what they would do. So. I, I don't know whether the banks thought they were going to be bailed out or not. I do know, however, that they, they now have the signal that they're going to, to, to get bailed out. Yes. So, you know, I mean, that can't be good for the marketplace. 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. You can give us a call talk about anything you want. 855-450-3733. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's a very special Sunday, live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. Special because we're here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival in uh, Lancaster, New Hampshire. We're getting it all kicked off, warmed up on Pork, pork Fest Eve. Yes, we are. You're you're like the opening act for yourself because you're going to be on with Ian every night this week, right? I probably will take a couple. Ian and, and I will both take some nights off um, oh, okay. this, gotcha. this week. Um, there's are, so many guests. Yeah, there's so and somebody has to go and like wrangle the guests too. I understand that. The, all three of the hosts are here: you, Ian, myself, and then we've got Stefan Molyneux and Ernest Hancock. So, um, and these are you know, Stefan Molyneux is from Free Domain Radio. Yeah, I love his show personally. Er, er, Ernest Hancock is from Declare Your Independence. <laughs> I think yeah, another great show. <laughs> Both very talented broadcasters. So we've got five talented broadcasters here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and you know the most you need is two guys, two people sitting in here um, to do a to do a program. Frankly, one of them mm. could do interviews. Sure. So at any point, uh, you know. And something. then there are, I mean, a lot of other people too. Right, Angel Clark, uh, Flaming Freedom. Yep, she's going to be here. I, I think I'll be on her show one of these days. Right. It's another talented broadcaster. I certainly would not want to leave her out. I just wasn't aware that she was going to be here. Um, so anyway, we were talking in the last segment about well, Americans losing their net worth. Yeah, and, especially the middle class, which we'll get into a little bit more. Right. That's an important part that we really need to mention yeah. here. But one way that you can uh, you know, salvage what there is of your <laughs> of your net worth is to buy things that last, things that are of high quality, because you know obviously you're going to purchase things. But when you get high quality stuff, you don't have to replace it. It increases your standard of living, especially if it's something you use all the time. Right. I'm a big advocate of investing in the things that you always use. Absolutely. If you're going to use something, get something that works, because you don't want something. You don't want the experience to be to be lesser. 
So um, one of one of those companies that creates great products is C, the Sea Crane Company. If you're familiar with the Sea Crane Company, um, like I was before they started advertising here on Free Talk Live, you already know that everything they make is of the highest quality. I've bought many things from the Sea Crane Company, and I've never had any problems with returns or anything not being up to uh, to my standards. But if you do, they've got great return policies too. And one of the products that they have over there that uh, really impresses me is the CC Radio 2. If you're not familiar with the CC Radio 2, it has a really awesome FM, uh, FM reception. Um, you, know, and you would expect that in a, in a radio. But where it really excels is the AM reception. It is the single best portable radio you can get that, um, as far as AM reception goes. You can, you know, stations that you can just barely get on other radios, you can really pick up with the CC radio, too. It's got a twin-coil ferrite AM antenna, and uh, it's really, it's designed and set up. It's got the, all the parts, you know, the, the tuner is much bigger for the, for the AM radio than, than many of the cheapies. AM's just an afterthought these days for most uh, radio companies, but not the C-Crane company. So if you want to get one of these great radios like I have, you can go to ccrane.com or call them at 800-522-8863. And when you mention Free Talk Live, when you're checking out either online or on the uh, telephone, you can get a free flashlight. Just uh, let them know. And everybody needs a free flashlight, and it's a cute little flashlight and a uh, little LED, and it'll be good on batteries. It's seacrane.com. It's Mention Free Talk Live or call them at 800-522-8863. All right, Mark. Well, I wanted to get a little bit more into this uh, particular aspect of the story because we talked about how Americans' you know, average net worth has gone down about 40 percent. Plummeted. Yeah, from 2007 to 2010. And we don't even know, like, from 10, 2010 to 2012, what has happened? Because they're always a few years behind with their data and stuff. So, uh, some extent, I doubt that, it's really changed too much, though. Yeah, right? I, I would think that it hasn't changed too much. Yeah. Uh, so, I want to read a little bit more about this? The recession caused the greatest upheaval among the middle class. Only roughly half of middle class Americans remained on the same economic rung during the downturn. The Fed found, and this was apparently this study was. Done by the Federal Reserve. So take that for what it's worth. And I think that, well, it's, you know, the fact that it's done by the Federal Reserve, to me, to some extent, makes these numbers um, unimpeachable because it was the Federal Reserve that did this quantitative easing of trillions of dollars yeah. um, that, you know, the average American didn't even know about, just pumping money into the monetary system. And you know, this was the bail. These were the bailouts. Of the, the, actually, the Treasury was behind the, the bailouts. But, you know, these bailouts bailed out the people at the top of the ladder. They say that the net worths uh, didn't affect the rich people as much as they affected the middle class. Oh, right. So yeah. it's proof positive of what we were saying on Free Talk Live all along, that, you know, these bailouts were so important that middle class people had to bail out rich people. Why couldn't rich people bail out rich people? Or yeah, or, or why couldn't the people who are responsible for, for yeah. these mistakes bail themselves out? Right. And now I'll admit that the, the government created a situation, an environment in which these companies reacted, and so it's not entirely these companies' faults. I get it, but that doesn't mean that the average, the middle class, should have to pay for it. Sure. Yeah. And I mean. Whether it's done by taxes or inflation, we all pay for it. I mean, if it, especially if they inflate the money supply to sort of like create new money to give to uh, companies as bailouts, banks and stuff like that. We're all paying for that because at the end of the day, all of our money is worth less if we're holding dollars. Absolutely. Right? So um, let's see. Their median net worth, the value of assets such as homes, automobiles and stock 
minus any debt, and, suffered uh, the I biggest just, drops. I want to address, I'm sorry, uh, let's read that sentence again. I want no, to address no this idea that uh, printing money affects the value of, uh, you know, your, your currency. Well, it's more like, I guess more like creating numbers on a computer screen nowadays, right? But, but yeah, I think what's same important, concept. Though, is that you could buy the same amount of gasoline with uh, silver dimes as you could back when 1965 when they stopped print, making silver dimes, minting silver dimes. Yeah. So the silver so silver holds hasn't its value, changed basically. Well, right, the silver hasn't changed. The uh, you know you see commodities like oil, um, gasoline going up. The gasoline hasn't changed. It's just the value of your money's diminished. Diminished. Gasoline isn't more expensive now. Right. Your money's worth less. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not exactly the same because a silver dime right now, it, I've looked this up recently, is worth about $2. So, I mean, you can't buy a gallon of gas for $2, but I'm not it's, sure it's that closer. You could buy a, I'm not sure that you could buy a gallon of gas for a dime in uh, 1965. Either. Oh, maybe not. I've just heard this um, this meme. There's a meme out there about, like, uh, a gallon of gas for a dime, and it's supposed to be because it's a silver dime. So I don't know if, if we'll ever get there or if we ever were there, but it's close, you know, it's close. Maybe two dimes. We were certainly there at one point, yep. um, you know, when, uh, you know, but, but I mean, the, the, pr- and the price of with, with uh, metals values at that time, too. Well, and of course, how much of the price of gas is the taxes that go into it? Sure. I mean, they're different in different states, but there there are tons of gas taxes that drive up the price. And actually, if you look at Europe, I mean, they're paying, you know, a certain price for crude oil. Yes, but. There are lots of taxes that are kind of meant but like to incentivize people not to drive, right? Because so, there are these social policies in place in a lot of places. So they don't want people to – they don't want the, the normal, the ordinary people driving cars. Um, the gallon of gas was 18 to 21 cents per gallon in 1965. 18 to 21 cents per gallon in 1965. So two. So okay, so that, that actually is pretty close. So two, two silver dimes. That is actually very close. Interesting. Um, so – all right. The, the the median net worth, the value of assets such as homes, automobiles, and stocks, minus any debt, suffered the biggest drops uh, for the middle class, that is. By contrast, the wealthiest family's median net worth rose slightly. So the rich yes. basically got richer, uh, got richer um, as they say. Well, they got bailed out. They did, yep. Uh, so Americans have tried to rebalance the family budget, but have found it difficult to reverse the damage. And don't you love that when the government is, like, spending all this money uh, and at the same time are giving these speeches about how you have to cut back and be austere? And Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they absolutely want the poor and the middle class to be austere. Right. All right. Well, it's Free Talk Live, and we'll be back with more. 855-450-3733. yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't Tread on Meme. That's DontTreadOnMeme.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we are here at Rogers Campground doing a remote broadcast. If there's a little difference in the, the audio sound quality, that would be why. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And so we're going to be here all week interviewing people. This is kind of uh, day zero. Um, it's por- Porkfest Eve. I like what you said before. The Porcupine Freedom <laughs> Festival, Porkfest Eve. It hasn't really started. People are just kind of getting set up and, and that kind of thing. But you you can give us a call at 855-450-3733. We've been talking about how Americans have had their spending cut over time. Or excuse me, not their spending. Their net worth. Their, their net worth cut over Probably their spending, too. They have, they've, had, they've been forced to cut it because Things unlike the government. my family. Yeah, I mean, me too. I, I can't remember. I've, my wife is out here in the audience, but uh, she would be happy to tell you the ridiculous amount of money I used to spend on lunch uh, when I would, you know, mm. I was an account executive for a lifestyle magazine in Sarasota, Florida, buzzing around in my little convertible uh, black sports car. You know, I think my budget was something like two. Fifty or a week for lunch. It was some ridiculous wow. amount of money, and you know, of course, I had to get uh, fruit juices and coffees and all these other things, not just lunch, but these kind of things. No way! I mean, we, I, don't know, I don't know what we spend on, uh, you know, organic grass-fed beef these days, but you know, things have changed. A bit. Yeah, but I mean, think of the ratio of nutri- nutrition to um, to cost. Yeah, you know, sure. it's probably a lot more nutritious, even if it is like slightly more expensive than buying just conventional food. Certainly, and and you know, lifestyle. Maybe you're saving a lot of money on medical bills that you won't have in the future because you're investing in yourself. That's how I look at it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of foods, uh, there's an interesting story out of the UK. And this has been basically a story that's been going on all week, and I haven't had a chance to address it. But I think it's kind of of interesting. There's a a young girl um, named Martha Payne, and she's from Argyle. And she was doing a, uh, a nutrition blog on her School lunches. Uh-oh. Now, recently, whenever I've heard about somebody who has a nutrition blog in the news, like there was that uh, the diabetes warrior, right, who uh, blogged about his paleo diet, which is something that I'm interested in, actually, and he got um, smacked down by the North Carolina Dietitian Board or something like that because they said he was trying to give, you know, dietary advice or something like that without a license, and they wanted him to, like, scrub his blog and take down all these blog posts that were talking about what he eats. That's right. They, they didn't like the idea that he was, uh, you know, had, he was advocating some kind of paleo diet, something that was different than whatever the, the food pyramid which, is. Which, according to him, really helped his, his health, really helped improve his health. Right, and there are lots of people that have uh, said the same thing. There was uh, one yeah. of these uh, TED uh, inter- interviews or whatever where this woman talks about how, I think she had MS, and mm-hmm. basically had many of her symptoms cured as a result of uh, paleo diet. And, yeah. you know... If that it had these effects for for people, I'm not going to say it's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, I have stories sort of like that. I mean, it's n of one, right? Personal experience almost can be worse than uh, you know, uh, bad studies sometimes. But you know, personally, I started eating low carb, which is similar to paleo, about the Atkins diet, right? About ten years ago, and I lost about seventy five pounds. I was a way overweight. I I needed to lose it, you know. Were you the same re- height as you are now? Yep. Okay. Uh, and then recently, um, I I started eating paleo, which just, you know, tweaking a couple things and, and switching to grass-fed meat. Right, yeah. And uh, I had this, like, uh, basically allergic skin reaction on my hands. Like, I would be really sensitive to certain soaps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My fingertips would get all um, shrivelly and cracked and stuff like that. The I've skin, seen that. The skin wasn't very happy, and it disappeared when I, when I went paleo. 
So, I, and I can't say that, you know, this, this was for sure what it did. I don't want to go back to eating, you know, what I did before and see if it comes back. That would be the real test, right? I don't, I don't really want to do that. You know, it stayed away the whole time. If it's been, working for you, why in the world did you do that? Yeah, I mean, just to prove a point, right, that it was, it was caused by the... Right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really care about the people that want, you know, hard science on my diet, my diet and my lifestyle. You know, I'm not interested in providing you with hard science. Well, I was convinced by the science in the first place because it sure. makes sense. Like, you know, I was interested in nutrition and biochemistry and it makes sense when you learn about it from perspective like that but um you know if you just think about it on a real basic level like humans had four million you know lots lots and lots of evolutionary time to develop certain genetics and those were developed when we were hunter gatherers sure. and so hunter gatherers ate a certain uh diet and that didn't include think lots of things like corn and grains and sugars sure. and um the agrarian revolution didn't vegetable start oils and ten thousand yeah. years ago maybe and, yeah. and humans, you could argue that it caused the rise of the state too because people were staying sure. in one place and they the state could take some of your rice and grains and um so as people who are interested in liberty maybe it didn't start it's co- interesting it, didn't, to us. it didn't start uh, violence or coercion by i wouldn't would not think at all but uh, the state is you know just an organization that you know quote unquote provides protection in order to you know but but you have this sort of mandatory taxes the tithe towards the uh, the state and it, you know, it's basically a gang that keeps other gangs out and uh, keeps mm. you under control and yeah absolutely it started it absolutely started at that time agrarian uh, as, resolution as, yeah as it's I hard to control a a group of hunter-gatherers. It started with the, the Jericho, this uh, walled city that supposedly the Israelites marched around for seven days or whatever, and it all, all the little walls fell down. Well, but um, anyway, that's where it started. So tell me about this girl who did... I, I didn't mean to derail the conversation too much, but I, just get, I get nervous whenever I hear about a diet blogger because, ooh, usually somebody doesn't like that. Somebody in government who has the power to take them down. This is more of a sort of reporting of... Uh, this is a little girl at, in school. Oh, in, so she's like a whistleblower. I suppose you could call that. Uh, she's just taking pictures and talking about her meals. Um, this is oh, they must be from... really embarrassed of what they're serving for lunch if they don't want her even taking pictures of it and reporting on it. This is coming from the BBC, and it says, Never Seconds, that's the name of the blog, blogger Martha Payne, school dinner photo, ban lifted. So it says, The controversial ban preventing a nine-year-old from photographing her school meals has been lifted following a storm of protest on the Internet. Martha Payne from Argyle has now uh, wow. recorded more than three million hits on her Never Seconds blog. Wow. Now, this yeah, is what they happens. skyrocketed when... her blog to popularity. Right. This by is doing what this. happens every time. Listen, if you work for the state and you think you can stop people from talking on the internet by shutting them up, this it's is what happens. It's going to have the opposite effect. <laughs> this is. I'm sure a poorly written blog by a nine-year-old um, with pictures of her food, um, including what looks like a rocket pop. I mean, this is not uh, riveting stuff, but the state made it interesting by trying to shut her up. Argyle and Butte Council says press coverage of the blog has led to catering the catering staff of her school for, to fear for their jobs. Well, why would they fear for their jobs? Unless they're, because they're... providing crapola for these kids to eat. Yeah, well said. Council leader Rodney McCush later told the BBC he has instructed senior officials to lift the ban immediately. The schoolgirl's father, David Payne, who helped her set up the blog, welcomed the decision. Martha began publishing photographs of her, oh, good Lord, what's the name of this school? Lockgill fed primary school uh, <laughs> lunches on April the 30th. It hasn't even going, been going on that long. Wow. She gave each meal a photometer and a health rating and counted the number of mouthfuls it took her to eat it. 
not riveting stuff. <laughs> well, that sounds like, you know, for a nine-year-old. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just thinking that, you know. Develop habits of, you know, gauging how nutritious your I food is, I could be right? watching a remote-controlled dead cat helicopter rather than reading this stuff. And, now, that's entertaining. Right. I saw the go, cat so. copter. I know what that is. <laughs> so she had been using the blog to raise money for the Mary's Meals charity in a post. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, she has all the best intentions, no doubt. Yeah. But the she wouldn't get three million hits on this thing if it hadn't been for them right. her, her taking the pictures. Yep. Um, she posted in, on Thursday evening. She said uh, the her head teacher had told her to not take any more photographs for the blog. Under the headline "Goodbye," the post stated, "This morning in maths, I got taken out of class by my head teacher and taken to her office. I was told I could not take any more photographs of my school dinners." And I, my dad always called lunch dinner too, so I suspect that's what was going on. Here, because of a headline in a news in the newspaper today, so I guess the local newspaper mentioned it. The council's uh, decision to impose the ban came after the Daily Record newspaper published a photograph of Martha alongside Chef Nick Neum under the headline "Time to Fire the Dinner Ladies." Speaking in, in BBC's Radio Good Morning Scotland uh, program, Mr. Payne said his daughter was not happy about this council's decision. I'll go on with this. It's uh, very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And they tried to, you know, this is what happens when you try to shut things up in the age of the Internet. That's right. 855-453. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the, well, it's the Live Sunday edition, but it's not like every Live Sunday edition. This is a special Live Sunday edition. We are at the Rogers Campground for, well, getting ready to start off the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And this is what we're calling Porkfest Eve here. The Porcupine Freedom Festival hasn't started off quite yet, but we're doing a remote broadcast. That's why the audio sounds a little different here on uh, Free Talk Live. But you can give us a call at 855-450-FREE. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been all over the... The, the the board here this evening. And have to add that if you miss a moment of the show tonight, you'll still be able to get the archives because I believe Ian's handling that tonight. That's right. Over at freetalklive.com. Archives going back the last six years or so are, uh, have, are always free at archives.freetalklive.com. The last seven days are right on the front page of Free Talk Live, but you can go there and archives.freetalklive.com and get free archives. I can't think of another commercial yes. radio program out there Necessary. that's doing the same thing for you. There might well, be one, but there are too many. We just really love you. And if you are coming to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you need to, to pick up uh, camping, hunting, and shooting gear. ManVentureOutpost.com. Is, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's getting really kind of close as far as shipping goes. but uh, you, you might know. have it by the end of Porkfest Week. Yeah, that, might, that might be true. <laughs> but, they have camping, hunting, survival, shooting gear there. They've got the name brands. Even if you don't go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, if you know an outdoors person or are an outdoors person, this is the best place to get the name brands and 
Get them at the best prices. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, and everything else that uh, the outdoors enthusiast will need. They've got them. They've got a, 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 an outstanding rating with the Better Business Bureau. And some prices are so good they can't even be mentioned on the air. The uh, manufacturers won't allow it. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, Mark. Well, I want to hear more about this nine-year-old food blogger. That's right. <laughs> whose career, whose budding career was quashed by the state yeah, well, actually, over they, there in the U.K. The state did a really great job of uh, kicking her um, career into the, the stratosphere, frankly, uh, because by telling her that she, had, she could no longer blog right after she got some uh, press attention, well, she had to say goodbye to the three million people, I guess, that had been on her blog. And, you know, there's a big ruckus created here. This is uh, yeah. Martha Payne. And uh, her dad was being introduced, um, interviewed on the uh, BBC Radio's Good Morning Scotland. And he said, I understand that it's uh, brought pressure from around the world and media interest, but it's uh, really out of our control. Um, we're very supportive of the school. The fact that she has been encouraged to blog and she got permission to do that is a testament to them. Everyone in the kitchens has been wonderful to Martha, and she enjoys going to lunch every day. Local MSP Mike Russell, Scotland's educational secretary, tweeted that he would be writing to the council's chief executive in his capacity as local MSP, calling for the the daft ban to be overturned. Because basically they told this little girl after she was taking pictures of her food and you know, talking about how many bites it took to, you know, in the in a in a nutritional meter for the food, um, that she couldn't do it anymore because they felt like they were in fear for their jobs. With seeing that's the real problem here. That's what's really going on. Yeah, celebrity it, chef Jamie Oliver tweeted, "Stay strong, Martha," before urging his 2.3 million followers to retweet the message. Oh wow! Yep. You know, this is this reminds me of wasn't there like some. Uh, boss of a teacher's union or something who said, I'll care about the kids when the kids start paying union dues. Yeah, that's It's really uh, all about the lunch ladies who are afraid to lose their job. Not that they're all ladies. I shouldn't say that, but, you know, the, the cafeteria workers are, who were afraid to lose their jobs. The Argyle and Butte Council later issued a statement defending its position and claimed that the media coverage of the blog had led the catering staff to fear for their jobs. I wonder why. I mean, shouldn't they... Catering staff, really? That's what they're calling them? That sounds a little more upscale than it really is. Lunch ladies. <laughs> Catering, yeah. In my high school, they, they would scoop a lump of, like, unrecognizable vegetable mush, maybe, if you were lucky, and then they would, like, pile on the most greasy chicken nuggets and tater tots you could imagine. Maybe pizza sometimes, and the pizza would just ketchup goob over the styrofoam plate. But ketchup's a vegetable, right? According to the government, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is pizza, because mm. it has some tomato minuscule sauce. amount of tomato sauce in it. <laughs> so it added that the photographic images uploaded appear to only represent a fraction of the choices available to pupils. So a decision has been made by the council to stop photographs being taken taken at the school canteen. There have been discussions between senior council staff and Martha's father, but despite an acknowledgement that the media coverage has produced these unwarranted attacks, he intimated that he would continue with the blog. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten rather heated here, and I think that it's just, I think it's really pathetic that this school felt that the best way to handle this was to shut it up. And this just goes Isn't to show... Isn't that what they usually tell kids, though? Shut up, sit down, be quiet. 
Well, this, this is some... what they're going to tell the press every time that they can. Yeah. And they've been reasonably successful with it. Um, you know, people will say that there's a free press in the United States, but I think it isn't it ranked like the in, in the 40s as far as press freedom in the world. In the 50s, I think. In the 50s. Yeah. So I mean, you I know, the say United States like... by no means press freedom. Mm, right. Um, you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, they've got a major news network uh, cameraman getting arrested on sidewalks for you know just filming on sidewalks. Oh, yeah, or people who just put YouTube videos up of police. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So facing like seven you know years in jail for felony wiretapping stuff like that. This is what happens because the government knows that it has very little accountability, and this little girl had brought a new kind of accountability along, you know, with digital cameras right. and, and a blog, a nine-year-old, or I'm, I'm just saying she's nine. I frankly don't know how old this uh, young lady is, but she, I can look here, and uh, it doesn't look like she's had those front teeth a whole long time. Um, she's, she's cute. You know, she's very cute. You know, nobody listens to kids uh, in society. Like, they are one of the, the least heard voices, I guess, out of anybody, and Finally, you know, maybe she was getting a little bit of a voice, and they just shut her down. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says here, Martha says, I, I'm a growing kid. I need to concentrate all afternoon, and I can't do that on one croquette. I'm not sure what a croquette is. Um, do Salmon croquettes? Any of you think you could? Like some is it cake of fish or something? Something. Um, <laughs> you know, she, I'm sure the school butchers it, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. It doesn't seem. It doesn't sound like it's very much. She doesn't think Probably it take is. some like mashed up tater tots and mix it with a little bit of like mystery meat and then call it a croquette. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's a one two pound lunch um, that's in t- pound sterling lunch of a pizza slice, uh, a croquette, a sweet corn, and a cupcake. And... You know, that was that was the meal. And, you know, it wasn't much but different than what I had when I was going to school. And yeah. you only ate half of it because most of it was foul anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, know, I don't know. And and there there the the thing that cracked me up in school was that they were always saying how important it was for kids to get their their school subsidized breakfast and stuff like that. And And if you were like if your family made under a certain level of income you qualified for a quote free lunch from or free breakfast from the school or you you'd only have to pay like 20 cents or something to get like some french toast sticks and a thing of uh maple syrup i remember maple that syrup. <laughs> kids would say oh he he gets free breakfast or something like that. They would talk yeah, about that. I think that so, was going on too. But like the, the but the point is like it's not really that much of a service to the kids because they're they're giving them this food that's like really not very good. What are they getting paid? Not per, very per high pupil, quality. And what are they spending per pupil? Yeah, because they do get money from the federal government for the school Absolutely, lunch program. They do. Yeah, they they really do. So um you know this just another instance of uh, the press being uh, shut up, young people being shut up, and. You know, it, it it's kind of sad. It doesn't, uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, this is this is what's going to occur now with the internet. It's very difficult. The things have changed for for government organizations. It used to be they would have been successful if they wanted me to stop when I was a kid. I wouldn't have had the kind of voice that this yeah. uh, this Martha uh, Payne has. Oh, what could you have done? I mean, you'd have to like put up flyers in your community, but even then, it doesn't have much of a reach. Or you'd have to call big mainstream news newspapers do an expose on the schools and they wouldn't do that because they want to be able to interview the principal when they have a whatever you know need for a story so yeah i mean what could we have really done about that mark before the internet it's the power of citizen journalism yeah in this case the uh, it was a local Mm -hmm. newspaper that did the first story which really broke this on Mm -hmm. a national uh, scale so you know maybe maybe uh, you could have gotten as a young kid um you know but she really just started this as a project yeah. You know, and there was, the story wasn't anything until she got shut down. Yeah. And I mean, so. and what about like, you know, the, 
she could grow up to be a journalist or she could grow up to be some kind of media person who knows like she's showcasing she's showing that she has an interest in documenting things and in nutrition right and that she knows how to blog she knows how to use a website which is i mean that's kind of you know that's not that's a little unusual right i'll tell you what else she's shown Mm -hmm. Thirty thousand pounds worth of fundraising ability she yeah, don't, she got mm. she raised thirty thousand pounds for Mary's Meals charity. Wow! Um, in the in the process of all this uh, hullabaloo of her not being able to, uh, you know, write about and take pictures of her school lunches. Wow! Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously a backfire of what they had intended. But I mean, I, I hope she doesn't stop blogging because of this. I hope she'll be back. And uh, you know, this is just <laughs> just another example of trying to shut the kids up. Get out there, Martha. Here, move along. Tell the truth. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition, 855-450-FREE. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. This is a special live Sunday edition. We are here at uh, Lancaster, New Hampshire at Rogers Campground for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Getting it all started. Has, uh, it has yet to start. It won't start until tomorrow, but lots of people are getting set up. And uh, Oh, the, already, the Internet's already getting bogged down here. I think it's in, in swing. <laughs> yeah, it's probably as big now as it has been um, in past years for the full Porcupine Freedom <laughs> Festival. But uh, you know, we'll be broadcasting here live all week, doing lots of interviews. And uh, you can you know, catch it all week. If you don't, uh, if you miss a show, you can go to archives.freetalklive.com and uh, listen right there. The and you can are... still call in, right? If you we're taking calls just as we usually do at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And I've actually, uh, you know, when we're while we're while we're waiting on some calls, I've got uh, a story here out of Indiana, and. Last year, some people may remember that there was a situation in Indiana where the Indiana Supreme Court ruled that there was no justifiable reason to resist um, an even unlawful entry by police officers in your home. No justifiable no, reason? None. Um, wow, so you're supposed to just let them do whatever they want, huh? The, the state Supreme Court ruled last year that there's no right to reasonably resist unlawful entry by police officers. And I mean... I get it. Like it, it, it's not going to go well for you if you try to resist. Right? They're they're going to use violence. Well, going well out. and being lawful are two different things. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, no one in, the, in in Indiana should consider this new law that is supposed to undo this really bad ruling, um, because you know there's there's this difficult situation out there. Police officers um, are people, and people are both yes. good and bad. 
They can um, make mistakes. They sure. uh, are an organization that's largely unaccountable for what they do. Yep. They do not have to pay for the lawsuits um, that are brought against them. They do not have to pay to defend themselves in lawsuits that are brought against them. So, um, you know, <laughs> they, they essentially can, you know, over, and it's very difficult to bring lawsuits against municipal organizations, state organizations. So, you know, they don't have the accountability that somebody who is, say, working in the free market for a for-profit business might have. And, you know, many of them will claim that they need that. But it doesn't change that there are people that will dress up like police officers. Oh, yeah. I was about to bring up that example, too. I can tell you um, I've spent more than eight years in prison in the state of Florida. And, you know, one of the techniques of home invaders... Um, you know, I mean, I learned all I learned how to commit all kinds of crimes uh, while in there. That's what That's prisons do. That's one of the do. consequences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the techniques of home invaders is to to shout police because it will confuse the person whom they wish to draw a gun on yeah. for at least that important second while they can get um, you know get their weapon on them and then they would not be able to defend themselves. So that's really tricky. If someone does that to you, it's like, what are you supposed to do? There have been multiple instances of uh, you know gangs, uh, drug gangs, and other types of gangs dressing in police gear in order to do you know hits on opposing gangs and that kind of thing. Wow! And you, as the homeowner, I guess are supposed to know the difference between the drug gang that's hitting your house and the government gang that's hitting your house. Well, well even if you were to. Say, like, let's say there's a police officer breaking into your home. You know, they're doing some kind of a raid or a SWAT raid or even. They're not going to, like, show you their badge number, like, if you ask them. Right, that's so, true. Oh, they're like, hey, police, you know, put your hands up or whatever they say. And then you're like, well, could you show me your badge number first? Can you prove that you're actually a real cop? No, they're not going to wait for you to actually make that decision and be assured right. that the they're The real-world implementation of this is very, very interesting. Um, and... I guess what it should be is a warning to law enforcement. Look, stop breaking into people's houses. There are 40,000, I'm going to repeat that number for you, 40,000 yeah. drug raids in this country every single year. Well, you doesn't know it they work watch out, them. Doesn't it work out to like one every 18 seconds it's or something some, like it's, that? It's a number of seconds. Yep. I don't know what the number is, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of drug raids going on. And some of them have the wrong address. How could they not? They're an unaccountable government bureaucracy. Of course they've got the wrong address. They've got wrong information. Snitches have given some house that they made up on some street that they made up and oh, yeah, ended the, up being your house. The classic anonymous tip. Right. right. You never know. You never know why it is that they might bust through your house, um, through the door of your house, but they might do that. And really, it's not homeowners defending their home that put police officers in danger. It's the police officers enacting this war on drugs because yeah. it wouldn't be a problem if police officers were just kicking in doors for kidnappers and murderers and things like that. Cause you They'd would, be kicking in so fewer doors. You'd, you'd see dozens Orders of, of raids. magnitude less. Right. Do dozens of raids a year tops. Yeah. Versus the 40,000 raids that we have now. So people wouldn't, you know, it would be an entirely different situation. Nobody would even believe that the police are kicking their door in. So robbers would never say police when they're kicking the door in. Yeah. And homeowners are really stuck in the middle because... Yeah. If it's robbers that are dressed like police or even just claim to be the police busting your door in, well, they're going to kill you. Yeah. When on the their way out might the door. Kill you too. They, they might very Especially well if you, if you, to, if to you do anything, house. yeah, that questions what so they're doing. Basically, as a homeowner, you're just left to die. 
It doesn't matter. You just go, just go home, and yeah, if somebody well, tries to bust your door in, they're going to kill you one way or the other. Yeah, what do you do? Like, you really don't have any good option except to try to avoid getting your home broken into, but that doesn't always work. I Let mean, me read this quote here from the poor, poor police officers. Somebody's going to get away with killing a cop because of this law. And uh, get away? Get away with killing a cop? I, I, I doubt you they're going to get away gonna with it. You think people are going to run down the street and say, that cop was trying to break into my house and shooting them? No. Where yeah. are these cops going to get killed? They're going to get killed trying to break into people's cars and homes. If they're trying to go so, into some so place that apl- they don't belong. So it applies if they're trying to break into your car as well? As I understand that it uh, can some way wow, or another apply. It seems to me like that's the more common situation where people deal with police. It is. Um, but why would a police officer be trying to be get into your car? They should just be asking you for your license and registration, right? Uh, but a lot of times they'll say, well, I need you to step out of the vehicle, whether that's like that's legal or following the protocol car, or not. Okay, so what counts as them? What would be a situation where they'd try to get into? I've seen people. I've seen police officers go into people's car without asking them. They have no legal right to do so. Right. I mean, I've seen situations where people claim that this is what occurred. I can't say I've seen situations. Yeah. I haven't been on a lot of traffic stops of other people, and I've never had that situation um, happen to me. But I've heard a lot of claims of a lot of people that there are legal searches out there. The cops, you know, get them out of the car, take them over to their car, and then their buddy goes in and just starts throwing their car what are you going to do about it yeah if a cop just starts throwing your car what are you going to do about it if you don't have the freedom cam uh, from freedomcam.net recording the whole incident in your car what are you going to do they're going to say yeah oh, i asked them if they had if i had permission they said yes yeah prove they did prove i didn't now i have to admit something when i heard this story that said oh you know indiana legalizes shooting cops that was the headline i felt a little bit uh, uncomfortable maybe because it sounds a little violent you know like if you just think about it and especially a lot of the people who were like sharing this story forward and retweeting it and stuff like that they were real excited and like i could envision there might be some people who would be itching to do this you know just waiting for oh just wait till a cop breaks into my home i'm gonna shoot him because now i can but no you can't it, well no you can't no you can't one one right your, and, your family can posthumously fight fight this for you but uh, yeah you're gonna be as just as dead as you would be otherwise sure and and the other thing is, I mean, uh, how many times does it happen every year where cops will break into someone's home? Maybe they're not even resisting. Maybe they are, but um, and shoot their dog, their child, their their self, their spouse. Children have been shot. Yeah, all kinds of. Oh, there've this, been all kinds. Of all of these situations have happened, and you know, for for that person who was quoted to say someone's going to get away with killing a cop, well, cops get away with killing people all the time. Statistically, as an American, you're um, significantly more likely to be killed by a police officer than a terrorist. Yeah, and a lot and of I'd people like don't to... want to look at it that way. And yeah. I, I, I get, I mean, I don't think that I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, you know, live in fear of people with, uh, you know, funny lights on the t- roof of their car. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firefighter. I'm, a, you know, I was just out at an accident uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm standing around a police officer shooting the bull. I'm not worried about these guys uh, doing anything like that. But I know that when they come in force, they come with, uh, you know, a warm in hand that they feel like they can do whatever they want and yeah. that's a you know <laughs> that's it's, it's not a really desirable situation to be on the other end of that well and i completely agree with you mark that like i think a better solution to the whole problem of lots of homes being raided by police is to end the drug war not to make you know it legal to shoot cops quote unquote but to just get rid of the drug war i mean that would really strike at the root a lot more I oh think. it would yeah 
You can give us uh, your comments, 855-450-3733. What do you think? What do you think the solution is? I mean, do you think it's the solution is shooting cops? Do you think the solution is, uh, you know, just laying there and taking whoever's coming through the door? What is it? 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. It is toll-free, as I said, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. And a lot of people are investing in precious metals right now. Um, You know, as I understand it, there's supposedly, you know, the experts say that there's going to be a rally in gold and silver here on the horizon. And I've certainly got uh, my fair share. And you can get uh, precious metals and get them at great rates because that's really important. You gotta you gotta buy low so that you can sell high at gold.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with Midas Resources in order to bring you some uh, really great rates on gold and silver. And you can go right there to the website, look at the pieces. You can comparison shop. It's gold.freetalklive.com. When you buy gold there, you're helping Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Brian in Missouri. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, Mark. Hey, I was listening to what you were saying about the thing in Indiana. and uh, You know, I heard something else about that story last week, and uh, some of the talking points that these personalities that were discussing the story were making was don't resist the unlawful uh, entry or arrest, but sue them afterwards. Now, even if a person does sue and they're successful, who ultimately pays? It's not coming out of the office. It's not going to be the cop. Yeah. It's, it's just it's ridiculous. Now, everything that I've read about, uh, if you type into Google Supreme Court uh, resisting unlawful arrest, the Supreme Court is siding on the side of the citizen saying that any time a police officer violates somebody's constitutional rights, he's no longer acting in an official capacity. He's another man. And you're allowed to resist up to and including deadly force. Now, what, what? Do they still have qualified immunity, though? What is that all about? I'm not too familiar with this, but. Well, I'm not sure, but how can you even resist against the police officer if you, even if you're in the right and he's doing something unlawful, his buddies will gun you down. I mean, that's, that's the that's truth. Right. Yeah. I don't think it would ever be a good re- good idea, really, to resist. I mean, I can't think of any situation. Well, it's it, you're really in this catch twenty two situation because you don't know whether that armed gang of people out there that are in these black Darth Vader outfits that say police on the front of them because if they come in a raid, that's how they're coming. Yeah, they're, they're not going to come in looking like human beings. They're going to come in looking like starship troopers. And when they come through the door, you don't know whether those people are actually police or not. 
because they could just as easily be the Medellin cartel, for all you know. Um, Either one of these organizations, the police or the cartel, could have gotten the wrong address or gotten some bad information that you're you're there. And they're not going to take the time to check it or prove it to you either. Right. And if it's the bad guys, the chances are that they're not going to leave any witnesses. They're just going to shoot you and your family through the back of the head while you lie on the floor waiting for the police to, you know, act lawfully or whatever. So you're really stuck in this catch-22 as an individual citizen. You're just supposed to know. Although if you want to bring a lawsuit, you do have to survive the whole incident. Indeed. Yeah. And the other thing, you're right about all that. Now, the other thing about, uh, about the police is they all have these organizations of lawyers to protect them. And when one of them gets in trouble, who investigates the alleged crime except other police officers? It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's like the uh, when they say the fox is guarding the hen house or whatever, I guess. And yeah. uh, the, other, the other thing I was wondering if you could explain to me is I've heard many times in your show uh, saying don't take the plea. And I don't mean to sound incredibly ignorant, but I was wondering if you could explain that, the pros and cons. And also, I don't want to. We are losing Ryan. Ryan, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And uh, we can explain why we, you know, uh, Ian is the big proponent of don't take the plea. There's a website, don'tneverTakeAPlea.org or something like that. Sounds like it. You can look it up. uh, I will check that. The right address. But, you know, the idea is is that, um, you know, I mean, you know, these, these plea bargains, they don't help anybody but guilty people and government bureaucrats. Also, many people will take the first plea that's uh, you know trotted out to them, and this isn't the best deal that they can get. That's not how you negotiate. <laughs> you don't yeah. negotiate by saying, "Oh, well, I can get ten years uh, sold." I mean, you know, th- that's not the and, way. It goes. And the whole idea of of um, saying that you're guilty to something that you are not guilty of uh, is a, a, a big affront to a lot of people. And it's it an is, affront to justice, that's for sure. Yeah, th- I think that's the whole point, is that the plea, the system of plea deals, which most people end up taking plea deals when they get charged with something, the vast majority do, something like, what is it, 99%? I'm hazy on the statistics, yeah, but... I'll tell you how it works. Um, okay, it, uh, and by the way, it's nevertakeaplea.org for more information about this. Nevertakeaplea.org. Fewer than one, less than 1% of arrests ends up in a trial. That means that 99, more than 99, more, a good deal more than 99% of arrests end up either in drop charges, that certainly happens, or uh, plea deals. And that, I mean, a friend of mine... But they're only going to drop the charges if you don't take a plea. Right. There are or, times they well, just maybe. drop the charges. Sure. Um, but I, a friend of mine took his uh, court case to court in his county, and he's the first trial they had in years. They forgot how to do it. I mean, you know, that's how few people wow, that's take shocking. things to trial these days. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. And it's sad, but 60% of felony cases, more than 60% of felony cases, are found guilty. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think if somebody goes through everything that it takes to go all the way to a trial, that that pro- pro- person probably believes they're innocent. And certainly, mm-hmm. there's nobody within the sound of my voice that believes the police are never wrong. Sure. And you've got to assume that they're wrong some percentage of the time, and that percentage is probably greater than 1%. That means innocent <laughs> right. people are taking plea bargains in order to make the bad stuff go away. Yes. That's pathetic. That's wrong. It's immoral. We have an immoral system. It, it's just, definitely not serving justice. It which relies is on pushing people through the system, fines and imprisonment. Yep. Imprisonment 
represents the same thing to them because they're not getting money from you. They're getting money from other government agencies out there. And then if, if that plea deal includes probation or parole or anything like that, then they can get you for VOP, right? Violation of Abs- probation. Absolutely, and, sit, and send you back through. Yep. So anyway, I'm... Uh, so that's a little more about why uh, this show has talked about not taking a plea deal. I think it's sort of the, like for the greater good of society not to take the plea is uh, really the best. And now, it might be for your own greater good, too. Because you could get, you know, get off instead of... I've seen it happen. I've seen it with people, you know, take it all the way to trial and get off. I've seen people also take it to the day of trial and get their their charges dropped just yeah. because the prosecutor doesn't want to do anything. Exactly. And I've also seen them get better pleas on the day before trial, too. Yep. So you, ne- you never know. Each one of these things is a bit of a gamble, and I think for your individual case, you need to decide what's going to work for you and your family. But I wouldn't just go ahead and take their first plea, either. Let's go to Doug in Minnesota. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Guys, it's so nice to hear from you. I hope to see you very soon. Yeah, you're going to be here at Pork Fest. Well, we're hearing from you, Doug, not the other way around. <laughs> I know. I'll be there on Tuesday doing my smoothie stand again. Good. Sounds great. And, uh, you know, I understand I've got some competition this year. It's okay. Oh, it's... We all, we're libertarians and liberty-minded people. We understand that competition happens, and we have to be creative about it. That's true. With so, our competition. Yeah. But I wonder, Doug, I mean, obviously competition is sort of a spectrum where there are different degrees of it, right? Because I don't think that there would be somebody, if you were making smoothies at Porkfest, for instance, and somebody else was also making smoothies, they might have different flavors, they might have a different kind of service, like they might be serving them on roller skates or something like that, or it's not going to be exactly the same, so maybe there'll be, a, you know, many customers to go around. Doug, will you hold the line? I want to talk to you a little bit more about this. It sounds interesting. 855-453, you're on Free Talk Live. You really can call in and talk about anything, smoothies included. 855-450-3733 here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and, and Stephanie. And Stephanie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> on Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Porkfest Eve with Mark. And Stephanie. It's 855-450-3733. And people are going to be using lots of different alternative currencies here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, where we are doing our live remote here on Sunday night. We're going to be here all week long at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And one of those alternative currencies is bitcoins. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. You don't have to sign any terms of a, you know, have to click on any of these sort of terms of agreements or whatever, terms of service agreements when you uh, get, get the Bitcoin software. You know, there's no contracts to sign. You just go there, download the software. You can be using it in a, f- a few minutes. You can send and receive money without fees anywhere in the world. There's no government organization or corporation that's inserting itself in your business and taking some kind of cut. And to learn more, you can visit weusecoins.org. 
It's weusecoins.org. There's a video over there. It's a minute and a half long or so. It's well worth seeing. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash in any major bank. You can buy your bitcoins with cash at bitinstant.com. So let's go, Stephanie, back to Doug in Minnesota. He was talking about, uh, well, he's talking about the Porcupine Freedom Festival and, and competition in the area of smoothies, Doug. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's some other people who are doing smoothies over there, I understand. Good for them. No, I have a question. I have a question for you, Doug. Yeah, go ahead. I'm wondering if you're going to bring your smoothies to Porkfest in a giant truck that can the smoothies can slosh forward and propel the truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hire we, that guy, actually. <laughs> did you hear the milk truck caller earlier in the show? Apparently, this yeah. is all news to you. <laughs> Stephanie, how milk trucks are the most dangerous trucks I'm in the world? I'm fascinated by it. I I'm love it. <laughs> Those guys are suicide jockeys. Yeah. So I thought about doing the government thing and going to the the leaders of Porkfest and uh, the Free State Project and saying, hey, you know, we need a licensing program where the new guys, they can't, they can't oh come in goodness. here for smoothies. You'd That's be going fair. to the wrong group of people. But it's, it's funny. This is essentially what happens yep. in uh, competition in the marketplace. Somebody who's doing some business, and you were doing smoothies last year, so you're, you're the, 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 the person with uh, longevity in the smoothie market here in, uh, at, at Porcupine Freedom Festival. People I'm one of the say, big boys, you know? Yeah, people will say, "Hey, you know, there's just a, it's you know it's hard enough to make money selling smoothies as one person. So you can't have somebody else doing it." What would be required to get a smoothie license at Porkfest? Would you have to have like two years of training on how to wear a cowboy hat and uh, how to operate a uh, blender safely? <laughs> yeah, and maybe how to pole dance too. Now, you know, right. my other idea is, you know, if that doesn't work, I think I'm going to start a whisper campaign, pointing out that my competitors use gasoline in their smoothies. <laughs> I wonder how, how many people will believe you. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't taste do it right like now. gasoline. My competitors use gasoline in their smoothies. They claim it's a health additive. It's not. <laughs> There's a way to test that. You can light up a match right next to their smoothie. It would change everything. Yeah, that's for certain. <laughs> if that doesn't work, I thought about maybe, you know, clandestinely chopping off the legs of some of their tables and pulling the strings out. You know, just competition. That's just not very nice. Maybe you could just make better smoothies, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, my smoothies are fantastic, man. And, and my last <laughs> thing I'm going to do is... When then I you have nothing to worry about. you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> well, okay, but I'm using gasoline in my smoothies, and I want anyone to know. Oh, crap! Oh, cover blown. Well, <laughs> see, the other thing I was going to do to compete, you know, because competition is healthy and good. It makes us all better and stronger. I was going to perhaps put arsenic in any one of my customers' smoothies who I find out buys another competitor's smoothie. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah, you're going to drive your customers away with these, uh, these little There's plans. There's going to be no customers stuff. left pretty soon. <laughs> oh, no, no. Only customers left are the most loyal customers because they'll be alive still. The message <laughs> will be sent. That's true. That sounds you like a tactic of coercion to me. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Doug, thanks for the call. <laughs> Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, I mean, it's all in fun and everything, but this is this licensing thing is essentially what companies do in order to diminish the amount of competition that they have out there in the marketplace. Yeah, you know, I just read an article today. Um, actually, maybe we can talk about it a little bit here coming up, Mark. But it was about a, a lady who grew up in Sierra Leone and she learned traditional African hair braiding, and she moved to Utah, like to Salt Lake City, and. There, I guess there aren't that many black people there, but there were several families who had adopted children from Africa mm -hmm. and wanted to get traditional like hair braiding for them. And so she found a niche there, and she started advertising her services. And pretty soon, she got an anonymous complaint 
or some somebody complained about her to the licensing board for cosmetologists and they wanted her to go to cosmetology school and spend two years and sixteen thousand dollars in tuition a year to learn nothing about hair braiding which she already knew how to do learn about cosmetology from white people so that she could braid black people's hair yeah exactly and it was ridiculous but that's not the first story i've heard that's almost exactly like that but these restaurant boards are almost entirely populated by restaurateurs in their towns i mean who else Yep, just like the beauty boards and the floral arrangers and stuff like that and and this was actually in the new york times so a pretty mainstream press uh calling for sort of deregulation of certain industries which was interesting Let's go to Adam in Fargo, North Dakota. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? I uh, actually heard and was pretty interested in a lot of what was being said with the uh, please, please think about the unlawful entries that your police officers are doing. And one thing that occurred to me is uh, we recently... I guess more a couple of years ago, we had a situation in Fargo where there was a, a teenager that that uh, entered someone's home illegally, and he was mm-hmm. told repeatedly to leave, and then the, the homeowner eventually shot him, and he died, and there was mm. great uproar. And I'm thinking, you have the right to defend your home against anyone. So now change that instead to a police officer. You owe it to yourself your life, everyone with you, and now I'm maybe expanding this a bit much and making it a bit bloviated, but you owe it to all the people that died getting the Constitution in place to defend your home if the person is forcefully entering, because Uh. you don't know if you're going to survive this person no matter who they are. Now, if they're forceful, I think that's one thing. I'm I'm wondering about the situation with this young man. Are you talking about some confused, uh, perhaps drug-addled young person, or was he threatening? What was what was going on there? Yeah, according to the 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 official story, which had been based on an interview with the uh, the homeowner, he very clearly was inebriated or something, and. And in the end, it really doesn't matter why anyone is doing it. It matters what they're doing and that they're endangering someone else and doing something they shouldn't be. So I don't don't have any problem. As far as I'm concerned, you're responsible for your actions, whether you're drunk or not. But I, you know, I... I, I guess I had a friend of mine that a couple of friends of mine, I'm sure, but I mean, pe- people always have these stories about where they, you know, they end up in somebody's yard or they try to go into the wrong house. They've been drinking too much, and you know, it would be sad to see one of those people get shot who hadn't threatened anybody. You know, I mean, if they were just confused or perhaps drunk or you know, what and whatever, whatever, off their rocker for some reason or another. And and one other thing that that occurred to me is. You know, not to sound incredibly naive or cliche here, but if you're if you've not done anything that warrants a raid of any sort, you should be suspicious of, of any any police activity saying that they demand entry, because it's you know, so what if if they've got backup that shoot you after you you stab or or force out or shoot that first officer, because if you know, if you die defending your home, and no matter what happens, the government has to account for that death. And the government saying, oh, we had the wrong address, this was an accident, then that's, there can be 
few other How- things that are going to make this war on drugs look uglier. Well, but in the in the past, though, they haven't had to account for that when the, it's happened, you know, yeah. and not everybody wants to die, you know, trying to defend war their home either. War on drugs on for 40 years. They, they don't seem to have any kind of uh, accountability for it. Adam, yeah. I do thank you, though, for, for your calls and your comments. Um, 855-450-3733. You can give us your comments, too. 855-450-FREE-FREE-TALK-LIVE. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the, well, the final segment of the Mm. live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It is possible that we can slide you in here at 855-450-3733. But, of course, if you miss the rest of the show tonight, never fear. Free Talk Live will be here at Porkfest all week doing live shows. Back in 21 hours. Free Talk Live, <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern, 7 to 10 Eastern time, Monday through Sunday. We do a commercial radio program seven days a week, and I don't know of another one that does that either. Free Talk Live, you know, there are lots of uh, different ways that we are singular in what we do. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. want to tell you real quick about shop.freetalklive.com. If you're going to do your shopping on the Internet at, say, Amazon or um, you know Newegg, go to shop.freetalklive.com and click on the links there, and you can go do the shopping that you normally do at Amazon. But And you'll get the same prices and the same service that you normally get. But, you know, Free Talk Live will get a cut. It's a great way for you to get the things that you normally get and for to help Free Talk Live in the process. Not much work more for you there. Shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Joe in California. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Joe, can you hear me? Joe going once. Joe going twice. Hold on. I, oh, I didn't push the right button. My, my mistake. The button's not working. <laughs> Board up. Put Joe on because I can't get him on. <laughs> there we go. Joe? Hey, uh, can, can you hear me now? I can. Go ahead. Is that okay? That's my little Verizon plug, I guess. Yeah, happy venerable. I think it's the 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 spotty internet here at uh, the 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 beautiful Porcupine Freedom Festival in rural New Hampshire. Go ahead. Um, can you hear me? (laughs) Yes, go right ahead. I'm not Uh, getting you over the internet. I'm getting you over a phone line, but I'm controlling the uh, the the answering of the phone through the internet. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I know technology is supposed to make us all our lives easier, but you know, it's really just the wonders of modern conveniences. Exactly. Um, this isn't so, exactly modern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy Sunday. This is your Sunday show, right? The, That's correct. And, and I've heard it plugged over and over again, you know, the Sunday show. I, I mean, why is that so special? I mean, what, is, the, is it like the better? Well, not many people in the, in the talk radio industry do a live show on Sunday nights, so we're kind of feeling... Or even, 
yeah, Free Talk Live is probably the only pro- the only commercial radio program that I think that does seven days a week that I've ever heard of. And because we have three hosts, we're able to alternate um, you know nights that people are on. That's and what, more than three, right? There are lots of other co-hosts too. That's we have three hosts and then several other co-hosts. I see. Yeah, okay, I, I can understand that. Um, no, I was just getting into more of a philosophical meaning of you know <clears throat> what, what Sunday means, but you know. Um, well, what does it mean to you, philosophically? Uh, it means it's the first day of the week. You know. There you go. Well, it's it good. The seventh okay. day of the week is the day that God, you know, sanctified. Everybody goes to church on Sunday, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why either. So you want to talk about liberty and freedom? Yeah, Joe? liberty and freedom. Uh, liberty and freedom. What? I want to speak about truth, to tell you the truth. Go right ahead. Uh, you know, and then what I told you is the truth. That's all I have. You know, I mean, that's not all I have to say, but that's all, you know, it's a radio show, and I, I don't want to waste your time. But um, We want to hear your truth. We want to hear the talk about liberty and freedom, too. Liberty and freedom. Liberty and freedom is totally opposed to tyranny and the devil. What what has been plaguing humanity for the last five to 6,000 years of recorded history. The devil's is just 5,000 years old? The earth is only 5,000 years old. Didn't you know that, Mark? It's four. <laughs> Joe, I do appreciate the call. Thanks very much. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Earl in Indiana. Earl, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, I um, wanted to talk about that uh, police coming into your house unannounced, you know, that they have the right now to, to forcibly stop the police. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I'm not a policeman or anything, but I, I, I don't. Uh, the police are doing an unheralded job. Uh, they should not be able to force their way in. This is true, but they people complain about the police until they need them. No, and that's I, true. They just do an un, unsung job. It, it's not well, right to times... bad mouth what they do. Well, Earl, this, would you agree that a lot of t- a lot of the times that they break into people's homes, that the people didn't call them? You know, they don't. They they really don't need them. Actually, it, you know, maybe they have some plant or some chemical that the police don't like or that the government says is illegal. But maybe then they need some help, or or maybe not. Maybe they don't need help. Maybe they're just doing it for fun. But I mean, sending a SWAT team in to bust down their door is not really what they could. You could argue that they need. This is true, but I. I just don't know of uh, them uh, any incidences of them just sending in SWAT teams to blatantly break into somebody's house. It's just that's that's the wrong message. The police do well, a great there job. 40, 000, there, there are forty thousand drug raids in this country every single year, and that comes down to something like once every, I think it's twenty seconds. So I mean. You know, I, I I can't tell you of specific incidences at this moment, but there are going to be 40,000 of them this year. There are a lot of those happening. And the, the situation in the Indiana had to do with um, a Supreme Court ruling that said that the individual citizen did not have the right to resist police in an unlawful entry. And you think, I mean, do you think that people should be able to resist police officers when they're unlawfully entering their home? Yes, I do, but that that just does not happen that often. I'm sorry, I, I just don't see that happening that often. Well, it doesn't happen that often, but I mean, you know, there. If if you want to go to, uh, you know, just type in 
corrupt cop stories on your internet search bar and you'll find all kinds of incidences and i'm not saying that they're the they're certainly the exception not the rule but all kinds of incidences of uh, police officers using their power um to you know rape women uh, get uh, sexual favors uh, you know they'll steal drugs from and, and money from scenes and things like that so yeah asset forfeiture makes that really easy they like, I, I disagree i still say that is a that is a rare incident that stuff like that happens. Sure, it's rare. There's humans just like anybody else. Yep. But, but, but I if they, and it's probably no, rare. If there's some... no check and balance on it, then are they going to be incentivized to do it some more? I mean, if you can get away, if a bully, and, and you, would, you would agree that some police officers are bullies, right? I agree. If a bully can get away with doing something without anybody being able to lawfully resist them, are they going to be more likely to do it? And perhaps. I mean, it depends on the individual, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. And I don't think it's a good idea to use firearms to resist police officers, not because it's the law, because you're going to die. I mean, right. you, d- you don't have the kind of firepower that they have. If they come in a group and they make a mistake and they raid your home, and this happens all the time, um, you, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to die if you try to resist. So and- I recommend... Not trying to resist, but my concern is, is that if some armed gang, you don't know whether it's police or an armed gang. You don't have any idea what the difference is. And as Earl said before, that this is a really rare occurrence that police would bust in someone's door. And okay, it, I can see how it. Yeah, I agree. In general, it's rare, but for certain people, it probably seems even rarer. You know, because they haven't had a lot of experience with police. Maybe they're, you know, maybe a little older. Because a lot of interactions between cops and people well, they live in the right neighborhood it, yeah exactly um you know and some people allege that there's like racial bias as well in who they target and so i mean it probably does seem a lot rarer if you haven't dealt with the cops a lot in your life you know but right. for certain well, my, people this is kind of a daily thing well my brother-in-law is a retired police officer and i know the stuff that he had to go through uh and it, it, i have the utmost respect for all police officers i thank him when i see them out in a store or somewhere, I walk up and I shake their hand. They do an unheralded job. Now, do you think that um, you know? I, to me, my, my police, my father was a, uh, a sheriff's uh, sheriff in the sheriff's posse in, in my town, and so you know, I understand where you're coming from on this one. But to me, it seems like police officers have moved away from the position of being peace officers and more into being sort of government enforcers. They're not protecting and serving me, but they're protecting and serving government agencies. When you see people in the press being arrested for filming on the streets, when you see people who are, you know, I mean, there's 800,000 people were arrested last year for marijuana, for a plant that you can grow in your garden. And, you know, I don't think... I don't look. I don't care whether it's illegal. If tomatoes were illegal, would it be okay to arrest people for it? Would you thank a yes. cop for doing that? Yes, it's illegal. If it's illegal, well, I'll it's tell illegal. you what. I'm not going to thank them. Yeah, as far as I, I'm I concerned, I, I would that... thank cops for treating me like I'm a free person. I don't think they all deserve respect, regardless. Just because Where they're the all cops. I mean, that's almost the same thing as saying that. You know, all men deserve respect because they're men. I mean, it's an individual, and they they choose their own actions. Where's the Constitution give the give uh, law enforcement the right to prevent people from growing things in their garden? There's no place in the United States Constitution that gives the federal government the right to outlaw marijuana. And that's an calling. illegal drug. We're out of time for tonight. It was illegal for slaves to escape from their masters in the 1860s too. It was still wrong. 
Eight, uh, I'm giving out the number. FreeTalkLive.com. We'll be back tomorrow night. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com.